Outsiders, welcome in. We got a fun show here for you today. Ryan Bally here. I'm joined by Ben Mandel and Corey Jason. Dylan Mel, again, unfortunately not with us, but if you want to hear his opinions and his takes on the latest goings on in the sports world, you can check out his podcast, the Running Up the Score podcast with Dylan Mel. And we look forward to having him on our show again in the near future. But guys, the NFL offseason, it's it's slow at this point. Obviously, the most of free agency, that frenzy has passed. The pre-draft process is ramping up. We're in the middle of pro days. So I thought we'd have a fun exercise here today. If anyone out there listens to the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast, you will have heard this past week Ben Mendel here talk about his New Jersey Devils and the promo they had about a week ago uh, for their own team, kind of paying homage to the Disney Plus Marvel show What If. And that got me thinking. The NFL is a prism of endless possibilities. One choice has this just profound butterfly effect. So I came up with a few hypotheticals here. We're going to take a look at them now. I should also mention that all of these here can all happen. You know, I'm not saying they will happen. Some of them a little more outlandish than others, but it, this isn't five different versions of where's Lamar going to end up or anything like that. These all can happen. They're not contingent on, you know, another one happening, canceling one out. But last week, we talked about what an Aaron Rodgers trade could look like. And Corey made a great point of bringing up also when could an Aaron Rodgers trade happen. And I think we kind of settled in on maybe August. So the first hypothetical I have for you guys here, feel free to jump in, is what if the Aaron Rodgers trade doesn't happen? What would that mean for Rodgers, Green Bay, Jordan Love, the Jets, and I mean the AFC East as a whole? So first things first, I think this puts the Jets into scramble mode, and they now have to overpay to get Lamar Jackson. I think that's what it becomes if Green Bay decides, hey, we're not trading you Aaron Rodgers. And who knows, depending on what the price would have been for Rodgers, it might be a better move for the Jets moving forward. Still, I think this puts Green Bay into another season of limbo. Because if Rodgers is going to play and he plays for Green Bay, that's another year of love just sitting on the bench. Rodgers is going to play. This team won't be good enough to win the division with the teams like Detroit. I don't think Minnesota is going to be better this year, but I still think they might be able to compete and beat Green Bay one out of the two games they play. So, you know, in Chicago, they got better too. You can't deny that. I think Green Bay hasn't really done too much to get better. It doesn't look like Rodgers will even play for them if they don't trade him. But it really just sends a bad message for Green Bay if they hold on to him at this point. And for the Jets, it sends them into scramble mode because they still have to figure out who's playing quarterback if it's not number 12. Yeah, let me take it to the Jets angle. You really nailed the Packers on the head. Although I do think if the trade doesn't go through, Rodgers retires rides off into the sunset, has some more ayahuasca, and just calls it a career, kind of screwing the Packers in that regard. But the Jets, they can then pivot. Lamar Jackson would still be available depending on when this trade doesn't happen and when they know by. They can go They can go get Lamar and be set for the next 10, 15 years with a franchise quarterback. But they could also miss out on Lamar 
and be saddled with another year of Zach Wilson when their window, albeit early, would then start to close a little bit more because they would then need to draft a quarterback the following year and start that over because we're not going to see a lot more quarterback, you know, moving moving around like we've seen the last two, three years because all the ones that can move have moved. So unless they're looking to get like a Tua or a Mac Jones and free agency when that comes around, they're kind of set on Rodgers, Lamar, or drafting somebody down the road because they don't want to run with Zach Wilson. So if the Rodgers deal doesn't get done, he'll retire. Packers will get nothing. They'll get to start Jordan Love, and that'll be their only uh, consolation. But the Jets would be put in the position where they need to either go and get Lamar if they can or ride the season out with Zach Wilson and go from there. I just want to add on, Ryan, it feels like with these scenarios, you're trying to build a multiverse of teams to come into this universe and dethrone Patrick Mahomes and the Eagles and Jalen Hurts as the two champions of their conferences. Well, I'll definitely say that the Chiefs stand as the multiverse version of Ultron wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, the Eagles are, they're more like Thanos. They're a major threat, but it, when you really pull the curtain back, there's something something more, I don't want to say sinister, but bigger in play uh, when you look beyond the stars. All right, that's enough what-if references for right now. Back on topic, I do want to say I feel in my gut that there will be resolution to the Lamar Jackson situation, I think, prior to the draft. Um it came out yesterday on Monday, March 27th, that Lamar Jackson actually requested a trade from the Ravens back on March 2nd. So there's speculation on if this is even true, if this is a tactic by Lamar now. People would think something like that would have leaked, would have become public knowledge in the past three, four weeks. Or maybe because Lamar doesn't have an agent, he's able to keep info like that close to the vest but i do expect something to resolve on that front and we'll talk about lamar in a later scenario here but i i think at the end of the day the jets aren't if they want to get lamar they're gonna have to do it before resolution on the rogers front now earlier today i also did see a report that the supposedly a trade for rogers is nearing fruition they're hung up on some of the smaller details of the compensation not the bigger parts the smaller parts i guess the jets just want an extra pick back from green bay to keep an even number of picks year to year something of that nature so maybe this does happen right after we post this show making this all non-void but this is all in good fun anyway do you guys think before we move on to the next one if let's say lamar does go somewhere else and then a trade can't get done for Rodgers. Rodgers just retires. So the Jets then, do they try and make a play for one of these rookie quarterbacks, a Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? Do they try and go move up with the Cardinals or with the Colts and try and get one of those guys? Because obviously they had their sights set on a veteran quarterback, but Zach Wilson through two years clearly I don't think is the answer. And this regime, it might be now or never. What do you guys think of a scenario like that? Definitely not. They are going to try and bring in a veteran quarterback. They have missed on two top three picks with quarterbacks the last two times they tried in the last 
six years now, I believe, five years. So for the New York Jets, they have to go get Aaron Rodgers or they have to go get Lamar. Let's just say, and, you know, if the Rodgers deal does end up happening and this is all void, I mean, it is what if. What if this doesn't happen? So if Rodgers ends up retiring, you know, you have to go pivot and try to get Lamar. You have to do whatever you can to go get someone to play quarterback. There are some options. You may not have the best one you want, but you know you at least have something you know who knows maybe you go throw a draft pick at the Giants to try and get Tyrod Taylor not saying that's a great option but it's something it's better than you know mortgaging the future to try to move up and get one of these young quarterbacks it looks like they might have to move up into the top 10 if they want Richardson or Levis depending on how everything's shaking out but With this Jets team, they have to go all in on a veteran quarterback. They have to make it Aaron Rodgers or they have to make it Lamar Jackson. There is no other option with the roster they have. They know they need to win now. This regime does have a ticking clock on it. The Jets, they have options if they can't do that. And again, this is all about timing. Whether they can get this done before the draft and pivot to get Lamar or if they can get this done before Lamar signs somewhere else then yeah, you go after Lamar. But if you can't get Lamar, if this deal doesn't go through, looking at the available players, the only one that really does anything might be Carson Wentz. And I'm sure Ryan knows how well Carson Wentz will do for a team. You got Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph. Do the Jets really want to bring back Joe Flacco? You could try to lure Tom Brady out of retirement, but I'm not sure that'll do it. Blaine Gabbert, Brian Hoyer, Nathan Peterman, Trace McSorley, you have options out there. They're just not good, and I don't think any of them are better than Zach Wilson. So if a Rodgers trade doesn't go through, they're going to rock with Zach Wilson. For better or worse, they might be forced to roll with Zach Wilson moving forward for at least another year. But let's move to a little bit of a lower-stakes scenario here. Arizona, obviously, they're going through a transformation of sorts. They have a new coach, new GM, I believe, as well. Kyler Murray's sticking around, so we think. That could be another what-if scenario if we decide to do this again. But I want to look at DeAndre Hopkins. The rumor mill has been hot about him getting moved. So I propose to you guys, what if DeAndre Hopkins gets traded to the Atlanta Falcons? Do the Cardinals really take a massive hit in losing a guy like Hopkins with some of the other players they have there? And where does a move like that put Atlanta in your rankings for that wide-open NFC South? So I don't think this has as much of an effect as the last move uh, on uh, on Arizona because I think it looks like DeAndre Hopkins is going to get traded, whereas the last one was Rogers' trade doesn't happen. So for – DeAndre Hopkins, I think I want to focus mostly on Atlanta and what this does for them. And I think the biggest thing is it does not really move the needle much. Yeah, I guess they're they're riding with Ritter as their quarterback, but is that it does he did he really show you enough to prove that he is the quarterback of the future? Did Desmond Ritter really show you that a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins is going to put them over the top? Or is this just going to be the same mediocre team with another flashy weapon on the outside? You saw Arizona wasn't able to win games without Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins. 
So clearly having that wide receiver weapon doesn't make as much of a difference if you don't have a solution at the quarterback position. And I'm not so sure Desmond Ritter is the solution for the Falcons. I think that Kyle Pitts would end up being the tight end two in fantasy if this trade goes through. It'll take a big load off his back if he's able to have somebody not let him be double teamed, if he's able to have open one-on-ones up the middle. And as a tight end, having an alpha wide receiver, a wide receiver one on the side of the field, he's able to make a lot of mismatches there. Drake London's another guy. Pair him with DeAndre Hopkins, and Kyle Pitts is going to run free. Drake London will benefit from having a guy like Hopkins there. I just think that this uh, this is going to really tell you what Desmond Ritter's made out of. Ritter might be the starting quarterback there, and if he's able to succeed, the Falcons got a steal in the second round. But this will also show them whether or not he's the guy. They can go and draft a guy next season if they're able to get DeAndre Hopkins in. But Ritter has a chance to succeed there now, or I don't think he has it right now. And uh, if DeAndre Hopkins does go to Atlanta or anywhere else for that matter, Kyler Murray might be out of a starting job in a few years, and he might be on his way to the Oakland A's to play some baseball by 30 because he's just losing talent left and right. And he's shown that even when he has that talent, he's not going to know what to do with it. So losing DeAndre Hopkins would be fantastic in the Falcons' point of view with them bringing him in, but would be detrimental to the Cardinals because their franchise has no idea what it's doing right now. Yeah, 2023 shapes up to be a big evaluation year for, I mean, this is year three, I believe, for head coach Arthur Smith. Desmond Ritter will get kind of his first crack at it. He was behind Marcus Mariota basically all of last year. He kind of stole some starting reps in some games towards the end of the regular season. But going and getting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, a true proven star wide receiver, that'll do wonders for a young quarterback. And you said that second round draft capital. I mean, that's not nothing. That's not a Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, like up at the top, Justin Herbert, you know, first round pick. But we're not talking about, you know, a shot in the dark on, you know, Dak Prescott was a fourth rounder. Kirk Cousins was a fourth rounder. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. You know, that's not something you could just cast away a second round pick is still pretty good uh draft capital there to spend on a premium position like quarterback so give him a fair shot let's see what it does and obviously too drake london he'll go into year two we typically see for wide receivers they take a massive jump going from year one to year two having a guy like hopkins there to mentor him could mean big things for drake london and Corey, i will bang my head against the wall if i try and convince myself of drafting kyle pitts in round three of a fantasy football draft in august so don't let me do that don't talk me into that i want to i want to avoid that uh this year that's that's going to be our messaging for ryan we're just going to slip kyle pitts messages throughout our podcast so that way in our outsider sports fantasy football league we get you to do it we we just keep engraving it in your head that kyle pitts is going to break out this year at that point i'll probably just have to do it i'll have to ride or die with kyle pitts but let's move on to scenario three this is another nfc team adding a wide receiver talent Guys, what if the Dallas Cowboys, even after trading for Brandon Cooks, what if they do still sign Odell Beckham Jr.? How does that put them? Does that move? We talked, I think it was last week, about has Philly lost ground in the NFC East? Does a move like that propel Dallas over Philly or not yet? 
Yeah, if Odell signs with Dallas, I'm taking a header off the bridge. I'm kidding, but that would really be uh, rough for my mental right there. I do not want to see my favorite player in my division on one of my most hated teams. Although I would still rather see him in Dallas than with the Jets. The Cowboys would still need to figure out the quarterback position, even if they bring in Odell, because Dak's shown that he is not the guy. He's not able to be successful with whatever they give him. They've given him the best offensive line, a top-tier defense, great wide receivers, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, plus a good tight end and Dalton Schultz, and he wasn't able to get anything done. So bringing in Odell would basically let them tread water, I think. I don't think it would be that beneficial for them because they're just in a place place where going up is going to be extremely difficult because they have way too many holes in places that they've already plugged too many times that a full rebuild might need to be the way to go. But Odell to Dallas would be uh, very tough and something I do not want to see happen. By the way, uh, Kyle Pitts, top two tight end in fantasy. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> no, you know. Kyle Pitts three times fast in front of a mirror. <laughs> but in all seriousness, with Odell, it would be heartbreaking as a Giants fan who loved Odell, still loves Odell, to see him go to Dallas. I don't know how much this necessarily pushes Dallas. And I don't know how much it would have pushed them before the Cooks move. Because the what they were looking for in Brandon Cooks and Odell in that extra receiver was someone to take the top off the defense and let C.D. Lamb just do whatever he wants to do as the number one. And that's what they have in Cooks. Cooks can stretch the field. Now, bringing in Odell, while he's no longer someone who can take the top off a defense, he can definitely play the slot and play it very, very strongly. I think adding him, you know, is like adding the sixth Infinity Stone and the Infinity Gauntlet for this team because they retained most of the defense. They were able to, you know, keep a lot of guys. Apparently, a Zeke reunion is in the works. Who knows? So I don't think that, you know, it moves the needle that much, but it definitely is like adding that final piece before heading into the season and feeling really, really good about yourselves. That's typically the talk around Dallas year to year is this is our year. This is our year. We just have to ask, are they still them boys? And Ezekiel Elliott could be the latest example of a true cap casualty. We saw it, I believe, with Fletcher Cox just a year or two ago uh, where he was released by the Eagles or let his contract run on and then came back on a cheaper deal. So certainly we could see a Zeke reunion in Dallas. And for your guys' sakes, I do hope Odell does not sign with Dallas. I'd hate to see you guys uh, distraught like that. Hopefully a reunion with the Giants as they continue to build their receiver core for Daniel Jones. But into these next two, which they kind of work together here, but we'll take it uh, one piece at a time. Obviously, my Indianapolis Colts have been in the quarterback market for years. As much as I would love to see them draft a young quarterback to be the future of the franchise and a cornerstone, there is a veteran quarterback available. We talked about him slightly earlier that there appears to be reports that if there's going to be a team to do it, it could be the Indianapolis Colts. What if the Colts go and get Lamar Jackson? What does that do for Indy? What does it do for Baltimore? 
the AFC North and South, the AFC as a whole, because Lamar has been able to get Baltimore to be very competitive despite the lack of weapons. Great defense in Baltimore, great coaching. Things look good, I guess, good enough for Indy in the coaching department now. And defensively, they had a very underrated defense last year despite only winning four games. That's just how bad the offense was. Could Lamar Jackson get the Colts back to the playoffs and atop the AFC South? What do you guys think? 100%. I really like the Colts roster, and obviously quarterback has been the one problem. That's why they go out and get a guy like Matt Ryan to try and fill that hole. A guy like Carson Wentz to try and fill that void. It is something that they have not been able to do ever since Andrew Luck left, which is a shame because as soon as Andrew Luck left, the rest of the roster had gotten up to par. So I can understand the Colts' frustration. I definitely think getting Lamar Jackson does push the needle, and I think Shane Steichen is the reason why they are. there are these rumors. Uh, you heard his comments. I think he went to Ursay's office and said, hey, you know, Let's see if it's something we can do, because why go take a chance on a rookie quarterback when it looks like the top two guys in the draft are going to be taken before the Colts can get their guy? Who knows? Maybe he says, let's take a shot on Lamar instead. We use that pick to try and get Lamar. We sign him, and he's our guy of the future. No more guessing. No more QB carousel. Lamar's our guy. And I think if that does happen for the Colts, what does this mean for the division? It means all of a sudden the Colts are now the favorites. I know Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence is the hot pick. Guess what? Lamar Jackson at this point is better than Trevor Lawrence when he's healthy. And that is a big question, but let's assume Lamar stays healthy. And this Indianapolis team with their defense, with a good offensive coach in Shane Steichen, we saw what he did with Jalen Hurts. Now think what he's going to do with Lamar Jackson. And it will be very exciting to see. I don't think that they are just contenders in the AFC South. They become contenders in the AFC in general. Yeah, Ryan seems uh, content and satisfied with a smile on his face after that answer. I'm going to go in a bit of a different direction, though. I think that, yeah, Lamar could get the Colts back to the playoffs, but they're still the second-best team in their division with that. The Jaguars have built a team from scratch with very little uh, holes that they need to fill. They have a lot of talent there, and I do think Trevor Lawrence would be better than Lamar Jackson when healthy. Because what do the Colts have to offer? You have uh, you have a good wide receiver in uh, Michael Pittman. But outside of Pittman, what do you have? You lost Paris Campbell. You don't really have a tight end. I mean, is Mo Cox still there? Jack Doyle still running out there with his wheelchair? Your defense is all right. It's not bad, but it, you lost some pieces like Okereke, Stephon Gilmore, I don't know if the Colts have what it takes to get back to the playoffs, even with Lamar, because he has the same amount of weapons he had in Baltimore. Lamar also, though, might not be the best fit in Indy because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna cost at least two first round picks. So the Colts might be better off keeping those picks and developing their team and getting their own guy because. You don't want to start off paying a guy $200 million. You want to be in that rookie deal window when you want to win. It's just not a smart business move for the Colts to go get him. So, I mean, yeah, it's the pits. 
I see what you did there, Corey. But let me introduce you to you said we don't have a tight end, Jelani Woods. Showed I, some I do flashes. Like Woods. Showed some flashes. He might be changing his number to the number zero. The NFL uh, are allowing players now to wear the single digit zero moving forward. And I already saw he might be changing his number and taking advantage of that. What I want to do here for you is before we talk about part two of this, I will make a deal. I will consider in the spring now taking Kyle Pitts. If you guys can name me every week one starting quarterback for the Colts since 2016. Uh, do, you, do you want us to go in order, or do you want us to just any order? Probably whatever's easier for you. Uh, so let me just talk, think this out as I say it. So we will go Matt Ryan. You got to give me a yes or no if I get it. Yeah. Or a year. Oh, I have to give you the year, too. Give me the year, too. Matt Ryan, 2022. There you go. We're going to go... Was it Rivers in 21? No. Was it Wentz no. in 21? Wentz in 21, Rivers in 20. It was Jacoby Brissett, I want to say, in 19. That's correct. Andrew Luck in 18. Yep. Brissett in 17. No. Well, it wasn't Tolson, was it? It was the legendary Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien. started ah. in 2017. And, and Andrew Luck in 16. Andrew Luck in 16 as well. Scott Didn't Tolzien. Need it. Didn't ben need it. it. Ben Photographic Googled memory. Google. You would have heard me typing. Yeah, you were muted. No, you saw. Ryan was watching. I know Ryan doesn't like cheaters. I don't like cheaters. I also don't like the fact that we had to start Scott Tolzien. In a football game, but obviously, this what if this what if scenario of the Colts acquiring Lamar Jackson and continuing this uh, quarterback carousel of different starters for Week One year to year, that would leave Baltimore without a quarterback. I don't think Tyler Snoop Huntley is an answer, even though he, you know, is I think serviceable as a backup. He's probably one of the better backups. I wouldn't like him to be my starter all year though, and assuming I'm sure. I mean, that's a question then for Baltimore. If if Lamar signs an offer sheet with Indy, that would send two first-round picks. Does Baltimore say no because you're getting the fourth overall pick this year? Obviously, you would think maybe next year's first-rounder would be more towards the end, maybe in the 20s. But, I mean, from the fourth spot, you can move up or down, whatever you want to do there. Uh, but in this scenario, I have – what if the Baltimore Ravens, after letting Lamar Jackson go, what if they turn around and trade for Trey Lance from San Francisco? So I believe it was John Lynch, the general manager, this week said that Brock Purdy right now is the quote-unquote leader in the clubhouse. Trey Lance will have an opportunity to get that number one starting job back. Sam Darnold also uh, an offseason addition here. Now, Darnold not going to be the long-term starter, but they – were undefeated with Brock Purdy until the NFC championship game where Brock Purdy lost use of his UCL uh, word on the street is his rehab is progressing on schedule. He hopes to be throwing in uh, two or three months. Didn't get the full Tommy John surgery. Like these guys talked about earlier in the off season. So if Brock Purdy plays this year, 
you have Darnold as your backup. Surely three quarterbacks aren't going to get hurt again for the 49ers. So does that add an element to the Trey Lance situation where he could find himself traded? I wouldn't put it past the 49ers to carry three quarterbacks on the roster after what just happened. At the same time, just for the sake of what if here, I think for the Ravens standpoint, I would 100% consider this moving forward because getting that number four pick is huge. Getting another first round pick is huge. You're not having to pay Lamar when you have the four overall pick. You know, you have your choice of maybe getting a guy like Richardson to try to fill in for Lamar Jackson. You know, you can go get a guy like Trey Lance and use that number four pick to either trade back and get more assets or use that number four pick and get another really talented guy to add to this offense. This is a group of running backs that, you know, maybe you had Bijan Robinson at number four overall. You trade for Trey Lance. All of a sudden, Trey Lance, Bijan Robinson are spearheading a backfield that would be as good as anybody's, especially if Trey Lance is healthy and able to use his legs like we know he can. So for Baltimore, I think that alone is just super intriguing and definitely something that these guys are going to look at and maybe even look forward to if the Colts do try and sign Lamar Jackson. Ben, you are partaking in Gus Edwards erasure and I will not stand for it. The Ravens' backfield is full. Edwards and Dobbins. I even still like Full of injuries. Injuries or whatever. It's full. Besides, no team's going to take a running back at four anymore. The running back position is just so devalued. We've seen what a guy like Miles Sanders got on the open market. The guy like Saquon Barkley had his contract offer rescinded by the Giants. But I think the Ravens would be stupid to not take that deal especially if they were to get that fourth overall pick. Because like Ben said, you're able to build. And when you're able to build through the draft, you're able to sustain greatness for a long period of time. I also don't think that the uh, the Niners would look to trade Trey Lance. But if they do, he would be a really good fit with the Ravens. They could let Lamar go. Even if it's not the Colts, they can just get rid of the headache. They can just all right, you're fine, you're gone. And they kind of restart that rookie deal contract where they have another, I believe, two years left on Lance's deal where they could just see what they got and restart from there. Plus, they have a guy in Huntley who has played well enough that knows the playbook that could still step up. The Niners are in a weird spot. You got Tommy John Brock Purdy, who I still don't think is going to play next year. Plus, you got Sam Darnold, who... I'm, I I don't know. I really don't know what he is. He he was pretty good when he first got to the Panthers. He led the league in rushing touchdowns for about the first five weeks of the year. But after that, he kind of fell apart. So losing Brock, uh, Trey Lance would not be smart for the Niners. But if they did trade him to Baltimore, Baltimore is in such a great position to build up their team and really knock off the Chiefs and the Bills and be the best team because they would have such a deep roster with a really fantastic coach. Yeah, and this sort of multiverse timeline of of some of these moves taking place, I think Baltimore definitely reaffirms themselves as an AFC powerhouse team. Obviously, the Chiefs still stand alone at the top, but 
Baltimore kind of springs back up into the same light as the Bills and Bengals. And hey, if Lamar does go to the Colts, who's to say they can't kind of plant their flag somewhere near that category as well? Obviously, they'd still have to prove it. But and for the Niners, I'm not going to sit here and say that Sam Darnold could be the second coming of anything. But let's think about the Kyle Shanahan system for a second. I mean, you get great. I don't want to say great quarterback play, but more than serviceable, above average quarterback play and execution from the last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy. Let's not forget, too, Nick Mullins back in, I believe, it was 2017 prior to trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. He did pretty well for himself there. So Darnold has shown flashes throughout his career this far that he could be that level. Uh, maybe he just needs to get in the right system. I mean, look at the teams around him thus far. The Jets were a mess. And as soon as they started to get back on track, they shipped him away to Carolina, who was a mess. Now Carolina's sort of getting on track, and they let him go. So he goes to a team that is ready to win, ready to compete, probably the second-best team in the conference right now. I mean, let's be real about it. Um, So if Donald does see action, extended game action for the 49ers, I don't think I'd be too worried. Obviously, reunites with Christian McCaffrey, but... Plenty of off-season intrigue. I say it every week. Plenty to come still. The free agency frenzy has passed, but the draft will start ramping up. Guys, we're only a month away from the NFL draft. That's going to sneak up on us real quick. As the weeks continue to pass by, we'll talk about our favorite prospects. And, oh, the week before the draft, one of my favorite moments of the year, the mock drafts. They're right around the corner. We'll start diving into those as well. But that'll do it for today's show. Thank you again for listening. Follow along with us on Instagram at Outsider Sports Network, on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Search us up here on Spotify, on TikTok, on YouTube by looking up Outsider Sports. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast.